0: morning church. Uh, I think what we're going to do is just give a couple of minutes here uh, because notifications are going out to people that we have gone live and so we're just going to give a couple minutes for people to join in. Uh, This morning Patterson and I are up here at the church building and uh, we're excited to be able to just share some things that are going on and just communicate a little bit with uh, some of the things that have been happening this past week with camp and uh, to share some time in communion but also uh, Patterson has a message that he's going to share. We've had a few people show up at church this morning, uh, but not many, and so we're, we're glad that our communication system is working and going out. Uh, but obviously, we are online only today, and uh, we're glad that you're able to join us. And we know that some will end up watching this later on, and that's perfectly fine as well. Uh, this morning, I, I just I had to laugh a little bit because Chuck and Debbie have worked so hard for camp this past week. And then this morning, as Patterson and I are up here, uh, they show up and their shorts and t-shirts, and they're out here scrubbing the church buses and trying to get uh, buses cleaned up to be able to return to Ezell Harding and Middle Tennessee Christian. And uh, They are just machines, and they're working hard to, to make sure that camp is still taken care of even though camp is over, and so really appreciate everything that they're doing. Um, again, welcome. We're, we're glad that you're joining us online and, and able to at least uh, meet this way. Uh, what a blessing technology can be sometimes to be able to have an opportunity to do something like this. That even though we're dealing with some infections with COVID, uh, you know, we, we can still come together. Um, the reason we're meeting online, and we sent that out in the email, is that we have had several at camp uh, that had come down with COVID, and also several here in our body that are struggling with COVID as well. And so uh, we just felt it best, and actually the elders and their wisdom felt it best that we, uh, we we take a break this week, give. T- Gives uh, some time for things to settle down and, uh, and hopefully be able to gather together next week on Sunday. Uh, as far as Wednesday is concerned, I think right now the elders are just going to kind of play it by ear and we'll send out something around noon on Wednesday. Uh, if we do meet Wednesday, most likely we will meet outside under the pavilion and we'll close down our Wonderful Wednesday series with some worship time out there together Um, and so that might be a bring your camping chair type event so don't know that for sure but just kind of keeping everybody in the loop that's what we're thinking at this point Um, you know this past week at camp um, while while we had many great lessons and lots of fun activities and, and many kids really i think grew in the relationship with christ and one another the thing that is most important is communion um, it's that time that we remember because if if Christ didn't die for what uh, die for our sins and go through what He went through and, and be resurrected, then all of the other things that we do are in vain. Uh, this church building, this online service, our camp this last week, um, all of those things are unimportant without the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received to you I passed on to you of first importance, that is, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And so that is the foundation of our faith, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. I know that this morning uh, some of you may have difficulty having access uh, to bread and to juice to be able to take communion. Um, If you're here and, and, you know, here next week, and I want to encourage you, if you want to take one of these and take it and throw it in the refrigerator and have that at home just in case we have another situation like this, uh, do that. Please do that. If you're able to find something at home to be able to take communion, then I encourage you to do that as well. If you don't have anything, I think that's okay, and we'll pray through this, and the this process is for us to remember, and that's what we're gonna do right now. I'm gonna lead a prayer for the bread and the cup, and then we'll give a little bit of time before Patterson steps up here, uh, just for you to be able to commune with the Lord, and so so let's pray. Uh, Father, we come to you, and. We're in many different places physically right now. Some of us may be in our living rooms. Some of us may see this later online. Some of us may still be in our beds, and that's okay too, Father. I just ask that wherever we are and whatever situation that we're in, that right now we remember you. We remember the death, burial, and resurrection of your son and what he's done for us. Father, we remember uh, this bread and, and what it symbolizes, the way that your son became Emmanuel, God with us, that he came into this this world that we might see him walk and we might see him interact with people and that he might be the example for us. And mm-hmm. Father, for the Jews, uh, Father, we're, we're so thankful that, that Jesus made that decision to go to the cross. We know that. Uh, he could have taken himself out of, that, out of that place. We know that you could have taken him out of that place. Uh, but he chose to go through with it. He chose to, to shed his blood that we might have forgiveness, that we might be with you. And Father, thank you for that love, a love that is not deserved, uh, a love that we can only appreciate more each and every day. And it's in Jesus' name.
1: we come before your throne so thankful for your goodness and for your grace. We're so appreciative of the fact that you you woke us up to see today. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice of your Son because we appreciate and we know that without that sacrifice there could, could not have been any remission of sins. So as we take this time, as we connect even uh, online and as we commune together and as we commune with you I just pray that we are always mindful of what it cost you to have a relationship with us so father we we pray and we plead that you forgive us and as we continue living as we continue striving to walk this this journey that we do it in full submission and in full faith. Admittedly, Father, there are times when we fall short. There are times when we stumble, knowingly and unknowingly, intentionally and unintentionally. But we come before you right now, Father, knowing that uh, we have a God that is able to hear our petitions and our pleas. And we ask that you step in and you do only what you can. So Father, right now, as we are about to just uh, go into your word to just get some encouragement, uh, as short as it may be, I I just pray that it would bless every single person uh, that is able to to hear it. So be with us, guide us, and protect us as we go throughout this week. Bless all those who have contracted uh, the COVID recently, bless all those who have lost Loved ones, bless all those who are going through their own struggles, their own wildernesses, and their own storms. And Father, until we could come together again and uh, to hold hands, to hug, and to, to just do life together once more, I just pray that you keep us all safe and be with us during the course of this week. For this is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to say good morning to everyone, and if you are viewing online with us, uh, just welcome to our online service on this morning. It's not my intention to be long, uh, but I really want to, to ask to give your attention as we just get a brief exhortation, a brief encouragement from the Word of God this morning. Uh, this past week, we, we spent a lot of time on camp, looking at the concept of what it means to have no theme in your life. And... And to find a theme that that God has for each and every single one of us. And in in, in light of that, you know, there there were several discussions, several passages, so many classes that were done, uh, you know, every single day. And I was mindful because on the second to last day, we spent some time looking at the hall of faith, of course, found in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. And I remember as I was, as I was sharing this, 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 this text with, with my own group on Thursday, I just remembered you know, some statements that I would often make when I was growing up. And, and it was a statement that, that sounded something like this. I, I, I would often say, when I get to heaven, you know, I would have love or I would love to spend time talking with, with certain individuals to find out or to figure out how they did it. And that was me in my youth, you know, as I, as I, I grew up thinking and, and hearing about guys like Samson, hearing about guys like Moses, Aaron, and the list goes on and on. I just had this image in my mind that whenever I get to heaven, I just want to spend some time with these individuals trying to pick their brain and, and, and figure out how they did it, how they walked that, those, those narrow paths, how they navigate, navigated life. Uh, but as I've grown older, I, I, I've, I've just come to realize that honestly, I, I know once I, I make it to heaven, I won't have time to even but be bothered about sitting down with these, these guys and, and talking to them about how they made it through because I would have already uh, made it myself. But I want us to see if we were to take that concept of, of pulling and having these individuals sit with us and have an interview with the host of heaven, what that would potentially look and sound like. And so I want to share a brief exhortation. I want to pull out three individuals from Scripture and and sort of do a a mock interview of sorts to, to see what they would say to us as we think about an interview with the host of heaven. And so I need for you to put on your, your imagination caps with me. And I, I want you to think about, as you enter into the pearly gates, if, if, if you could even imagine what the pearly gates look like. As you enter into the pearly gates and you begin to, to, to walk the, the, the streets of gold, right? That's kind of like how the scripture defines it. As you begin to walk the streets of gold and as you look over to your left underneath, a tree somewhere, you know, he's prancing around, he's having a good time, uh, and, and you, you walk across this individual, and you recognize that Samson is on the scene, and, and as you walk close to Samson, you're, you're you know, you're, you're all doe-eyed, and you run up to Samson, and you say, Samson, it's so good to meet you, I just want to find out from you how you were able to make it in life. Many of us know the story of Samson. Many of us are able to attest to Samson. As you think about Samson, uh, you know, from from the book of Judges, chapter 13 through 16, we get a little glimpse into the person of Samson. And I'm guessing if Samson had to say one thing to to us as to how he made it, it would be he would say, we need to be strong. We need to be strong. Now, as we think about Samson, we know that Samson was deeply flawed. He was a man just like us. So I don't want us to linger too much on, on his, his flaws. I don't want us to linger too much on his infirmity. That would be a big deal in Samson's life. But I need for us to appreciate the person of Samson in the time that Samson lived. Samson lived in a time where the people of God needed someone to be a champion and and in as much as they needed someone to be a Champion God didn't uh, God couldn't pull any and just anybody to be that champion He needed somebody with a particular mentality and a particular mindset And so here comes Samson as we are introduced to Samson in the book of Judges chapter number 13 and God intended for, for Samson to be a deliverer and a champion for the people and God blessed Samson with with divine strength and Samson though he would use the strength at times to his own detriment Samson would have been blessed with a strength like no other but I, I have a belief that if Samson were to say to us that we need strength Samson as he looked at his life and as he would share with us I, I, I want you to know he would say to us something I believe like it's not physical strength that we need to go through. God blesses us with physical strength. He blesses us with physical health. But if we are not careful, we could use our physical health and strength not to honor God, but to bring shame to God. Not to to honor the the spirit, but to honor the flesh. And so Samson, I believe, would, would say to us, we need strength to make it on this journey, but it's not a strength that comes from our own selves. I hear I hear uh, Joshua when God is speaking to Joshua in Joshua chapter number one God would tell Joshua that Joshua you need to be strong and of good courage Joshua I need for you to stand firm Joshua I need for you to not be be, be riddled with fear Joshua I need for you to stand and to walk according to my will and my purpose and my way so I imagine when when samson says to us that we need to be strong he's not talking about a mere physical strength he's talking about standing or walking in a strength that comes directly from god i love the fact that paul would would utter the words in the book of ephesians chapter number six and verse number 10 be strong in the lord and in the power of his might so as I bring Samson to view, I, I need for us to appreciate and to see that when Samson reveals strength unto us, it's a strength that doesn't come from ourselves. It's not a human strength. It's, it's, it's not a physical strength necessarily, inasmuch as, as he is pointing towards a belief and a system that leans on God. So Samson would say to us that we need to be strong in the Lord. If we were to make our way a little bit further, and we encounter a second person, uh, I could just picture this individual. They are, they are lying down in some green meadows, and there might be a stream running there, and you know they have this little thing in their mouth, and and they are just pondering on life and and everything about life, and 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 you could you could recognize that I might be talking about Solomon in this moment. We we recognize Solomon as the wisest individual apart from Christ himself that ever walked the face of the planet earth. Solomon at a very young age had a responsibility to lead the children of Israel and one night when God came to him and and, and, and gave him a petition and, and gave him uh, an option to have anything that that he would want and God would grant it Solomon after some thought said God I, I don't need for you to make me the most powerful in the land he said God I don't need the largest army in the land he he said God I, I don't necessarily need all the, the riches that life has to offer he simply comes to God and he says Pastor God grant me wisdom grant me wisdom that I might be able to lead this your people grant me wisdom that I might be able to determine what is right from what is wrong because as a leader I need to have the ability to discern so that I could lead rightly and as a result of Solomon pleading to God for wisdom, God said to him, Solomon, you've pleaded and you've, you've asked for wisdom. I will multiply and I will magnify your kingdom. You will become one of the most wealthiest in the land. Nothing shall be withheld from you. So I anticipate that if Solomon were to say something to us about how he made it through his journey, it would be he would say to us, we need wisdom not a wisdom that is from man because there is a worldly wisdom and then there is a spiritual or divine wisdom. I believe if we look at, at Solomon's life, Solomon's life is a testimony that that that, that human wisdom doesn't work and, and the only thing that really does work is understanding that, that true wisdom comes from God and you and I ought to be Ought to be walking and living from a place of divine wisdom so I imagine as Solomon would speak to us he would tell us and we, he's, he's already said it in, in, in places like Proverbs chapter 9 and verse number 10 he's already said to us that the fear of the Lord the reverence of the Lord is the beginning place of wisdom church you you want to be wise You want to realize what it takes to be wise? Start by understanding who God is. If you and I have to truly become wise in this life and wise in this walk, we need to appreciate where we are in relation to God. We need to appreciate God's place in relation to to our place. So he says the fear, the honor of, of, of God is the beginning place of wisdom. It's interesting as I think about Solomon because Solomon, Solomon's entire life was devoted to put the physical things of this world to the test. And, 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 and issue after issue, category after category, you would notice when you read the book of Ecclesiastes, he would conclude vanity of vanities. Church in this life, everything about this world and everything of this life, Solomon concluded already as God allowed him... To put life to the test that everything in this world, as good as it can be, is all but vanity. But then he concluded in the book of Ecclesiastes, of course, uh, he concluded in Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, verses 12 through 14, that the entire duty and purpose of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. So I imagine that Solomon would encourage us. He would encourage us to understand and to know that the only way we could really make it in this life, is by leaning in on divine wisdom. And thirdly, let me leave this with you. I said I wasn't going to be long on this morning. Thirdly, as I think about an individual that I would absolutely want the ability to speak to, I can't help but, but think about through the entire host of, of heaven and through all uh, of the men and, and women that have gone on before. I, I, I believe that I can't have an interview with the host of heaven without speaking to the lamb that was slain. I believe it's so important for us to to recognize Jesus as someone who is so important for us to have and uh, and to talk to because Jesus typifies something for us as human beings. When Jesus came to this earth, I love how the Gospel of John puts it, he was 100% God but at the same time in his incarnation, he was 100% man. That becomes so important to us because the Hebrew writer would put it this way concerning Jesus and his ability as a high priest. The the Hebrew writer would say he he was formed in the fashion as as we are yet without sin. And so there is something about Jesus that gives us some encouragement and helps us to understand what it really takes to make it in this journey. To make it in this life as I think about what Matthew records in the book of Matthew chapter number 26 as as Matthew outlines this scene and as he describes this scene of Jesus being in the Garden of Gethsemane I want to do this really quickly if if you could picture this with me when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane many of us are familiar with the fact that he bowed himself down in prayer, and it was so intense that that Matthew records that his sweat had dropped like drops of blood. And I'm not going to go into this explicitly by any means, but, but needless to say, we encounter Jesus at a point of great anxiety. And as we see Jesus at this point in his life, and at this point, In his ministry I I need first identify with the human side of Jesus because as we identify with the human side of Jesus I need for us to also appreciate that Jesus is able to identify with us as well we often look to Jesus as the son of God and he is the son of God we often look to Jesus as as the one who was in the beginning the word and he was and is don't get me wrong the word he is divine But never forget as much as he was in the beginning with God as the word and the word being God was manifested. Never forget that the word was manifested. Jesus was manifested in the flesh. And I think that's important because oftentimes when we look at these heroes of faith, we We see them as as individuals who couldn't necessarily be touched by infirmities. Every single one of these men and women that we read of in scripture had some type of weakness, had some type of flaw. But we encounter Jesus. God incarnate in the flesh, having the ability to navigate life and come out of this without sin. But we encounter him in the book of Matthew, chapter 26, and he is under such stress that he utters the word. And I, let, let me see if I can come a little closer for this, because he utters the word, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. And I don't know about you, but I I believe that whatever caused jesus to make that statement i I know i know there are some people that say that say that you know my lord was never fearful my lord uh never really could uh, you know bring himself to to not go to the cross but i need for us to see that jesus though deified he is 100 percent in the flesh in this moment and so jesus understands the effects of anxiety Jesus understands, I believe, the effects even of depression. You would say, oh, but Morgan, what, what do you mean Jesus uh, understands the effects of depression? Do you know how many times Jesus would have left the multitude, left his disciples and pulled off by himself? Don't you think that, that Jesus could identify with depression? Don't you think that Jesus identifies with Frustration, being frustrated with, with people. I remember one time he 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 came into the temple and just looking around to see what the temple had become. He 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 took some cords and he bound it up and he was driving people out of the temple. I'm not saying for you to take cords and bind it up and drive people out of church, but I need for us to see that he was turning things upside down. Don't you think that that Jesus was angry? But in good old fashion, he you could be angry, but Sin not. I'm, I'm not saying not to be angry. The scripture doesn't say that a person who is frustrated is faithless. The person who, who, who is depressed is faithless. The person who is, who is suffering with anxiety. Don't think that because you suffer with these things, it means that there is a lack of faith. So we encounter Jesus. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. He's anxious. He's tired. He's weary. As to what he's about to encounter. And he utters the words. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. But I'm glad he didn't stop there. Because if I were to interview Jesus, here is what I believe. I believe that Jesus would say to us, if you have to make it in this life and in this journey, just understand it's not about you, but it's about him. You could put that in the chat if you want. It's not about us, but it's about God. So in as much as he felt the weight Of the struggle in as much as he felt the burden of what he was about to carry and have been carrying all his life and for the past three years of his ministry in as much as he carried the anxiety of everything and he uttered the words not he uttered the words if it be possible he would conclude nevertheless God not my will but your will be done Church, I want to encourage us this morning as we think about having strength to understand that we ought not walk in our own strength our strength true strength comes from God number two we need to appreciate that we need to walk in wisdom not our own earthly wisdom our our earthly wisdom could only take us so far you would realize this in scripture every time God called his people to go on a journey and to do something great I I, I promise you it seemed crazy to them To the extent that the people who were experienced and had worldly wisdom, they, they oftentimes thought that the thing that was ahead of them was unable to be accomplished. And that's where faith comes in. And so we need to have strength for our journey, but we also need to have wisdom to learn to step out on faith and trust God. For the beginning of wisdom is to fear and trust in God. And finally, as I think about Jesus, if we have to make it in this life and on this journey, we have to conclude that it's not about us. Not my will, but thy will be done. I don't know where you are in your journey right now. I I just pray hope and trust that wherever you are, wherever we are, we would learn more to lean on God's strength. We would learn more to lean on God's wisdom and we would learn more to follow God's will and not our own will. Will you bow with me as we pray? Father, we come before you at this time just thanking you for this brief exhortation and this brief word. Father, for those who are here, for those who are alive, for those who will come on and, and listen to this in days and weeks or months, years even, to come, I just pray that this word would be such... A blessing to all of us we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your grace we thank you for all the individuals you have placed in our lives past present and future to help us along in our journey may we have a strength that truly comes from you and lean on that strength may, may we seek wisdom as James would say for those who lack wisdom let them ask of God who give it to all men liberally for you don't reproach But God, may we also reflect a heart of Christ, a heart like Christ that says not my will, but your will be done. So God, we bless your name and we pray that you use us in a mighty way to to win as many souls to you as possible. Keep us in your care. Guide us throughout the rest of this week. For this is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.